Welcome to the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. Let's jump in with the Batman. Matt Reeves movie is really moving forward on casting, and we've got a couple new names to add to it. First up, Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Selena Kyle, Catwoman, for that movie. Uh, there were a bunch of other names out there, according to, these are from THR and Variety. There was Ana de Armas, Ella Balinska, Alicia Vikander, and Isaac Gonzalez. Zazie Beats from Joker was also high on the list, but scheduling with Atlanta made it difficult. So a lot of good names out there, but Zoe Kravitz is the choice. Kravitz is known for a lot of things. Uh, she's been in a, quite a few roles in recent years, even though she's a younger actress. Mad Max Fury Road, Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Gr- Grindelwald, and Big Little Lies are some of the bigger things she is known for. Fun little fact there, she also voiced Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie, so she's kind of reprising her role, if you will. Uh, overall, Zach, what do you think of this? Yeah, like you said, that was a, a really good list of names that they had their their choice of, and Zoe Kravitz is a, a really good actress. I've I've liked her in pretty much everything I've seen. Um, in Mad Max, she was really good. Fantastic Beasts, we can... We don't need to talk about what I thought about the movie overall. Maybe not so great, but she was really good in it. Um, so I think she's a really good choice to play Selena Kyle and Catwoman, um, especially opposite Robert Pattinson. They're a good age, um, it's a good age difference between them or similarity, I should say, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think she's going to do a really good job. And then just the the fact of having Selena Kyle um, in this movie, I think really fits with what everything that, that we've heard about the story so far about it being like a, a film noir detective story, uh, having, having a burglar be a, a main character, um, and a love interest that, that really fits in the film, like the classic film noir kind of setting. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for this. Yeah. I'm hoping for Selena Kyle to be important in this film and also going forward in, in future Batman movies and, and everything. So Kravitz, I, I like her in pretty much everything I've seen her in. I, don't think I've seen her in any major roles where she's had a main role, but she's been in a lot of supporting roles where she's stood out and done good things. And she's someone I've always kind of wanted in a DC movie. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, like you said, in one movie she was in, I think she was underused in, in that franchise. I want to see more from her uh, and hopefully that will be going forward. But yeah, really talented actress. I don't know if I've seen her in anything. I'm trying to think of offhand if I've seen her in anything that has been jump out and said, that's Selena Kyle, that's Catwoman. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know if I can think of anything offhand, but that's not my job to think of. That's Matt Reeves' job, and he's uh, obviously they did screen testing with Robert Pattinson, so you know, see how they work together and, and what the chemistry is like. So uh, I'm, I think this is a, an exciting choice, and also Jason Momoa's stepdaughter. So that is something. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is that is the case. So pretty cool little fact there. Uh, We also got some other, you know, Batman casting news. So first off, Jonah Hill, who has been rumored for quite a while to be uh, cast as some sort of villain in the Batman. Uh, According to Deadline, he's no longer in talks to join the cast as a villain. So this isn't, this could maybe be a negotiating tactic. It's not 100% sure. We see that sometimes where they walk away and make it, somebody will leak that public so that they have more leverage um, in negotiating. But that's not necessarily the case here. That just could be something. Yeah, if it is, WB fired right back by finding a different Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and this could be a negotiating tactic. I don't know. Um, like I, I said, I like Hill. I would think it would be cool, especially as the Penguin. I think he could make a good Penguin, but he's not the only one who can do that. So if he wants too much money or, you know, it's too difficult, you know, I think there are a ton of other actors who can fill the role successfully if for whatever reason it doesn't work out with Hill. But I wouldn't be opposed to him, you know, if they do work out a deal with seeing him join. 
Yeah. Uh, there's also um, a little bit about the Penguin character, another actor. So production could maybe be interested in Seth Rogen. Boris Kitt uh, addressed the rumor on Twitter about that and said that initial talks occurred, but it didn't pan out. So there still is maybe the idea that the Penguin and the Riddler are both going to be in this movie, uh, but we don't really know if that's the case. And if so, who's playing the Penguin? Yeah, absolutely. And Seth Rogen, again, it sounds like he's Reeves wants a more actors who are known for comedy, but that doesn't mean there would be the penguin especially wouldn't be a comedy character there's obviously some room for that but it would be cool to see a comedian take on a more serious character that makes me think of someone like steve carell what he could do with the role or, or something yeah. like that but again there's a lot of people who could make a, a good penguin and i'm not opposed to the names that have been out there but it could be someone i don't know as much about could work as well yeah um and related to that uh the riddler has been confirmed so paul dano has been uh, cast as the riddler um, he's pr- apparently going to go by Edward Nashton. So this has happened before in comics before changing his last name to Enigma so that he can be Enigma. Um, so that's that's cool. But yeah, uh, Paul Dano, I, I really, really like this actor. And I've been talking for a long time about wanting to see a live action Riddler again. Um, and this, this is really good casting. And this is really good news that we're going to get to see that. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with Dano. I've look through his filmography and i think the only movie i've seen him in is cowboys and aliens okay i don't remember him at all in that or much of the movie at all to be frank but um i've heard good things about him and it seems like people really like him i guess he has a bit of a riddler look to him if that makes sense so i mean i was like as i can judge him on is what he looks like so since i haven't seen him in anything but um yeah i'm glad to have the riddler cast and and be confirmed for this movie yeah, and he, he's been in some really like big, heavy-hitting movies. He's been in There Will Be Blood, Little Miss Sunshine, 12 Years a Slave, Looper. So he's he has played a, across from some of the like the, the greatest actors in Hollywood, actors and actresses. And so he's he's definitely done some really big roles and had some big su- success with it. And I, all those movies that I've seen, he's he's been fantastic in all of them. So he's a very, very talented actor and definitely a, a huge talent to add to this film, I think. Well, good. Any movies you can think of where he that jump out to you as the Riddler or... Is, is that and is he just a good actor uh he's just a really good actor it's none of those really i don't know if any of those would pertain to being the riddler um maybe he a lot of times he's like playing a twisted kind of a twisted soul or like a dark soul like especially little miss sunshine he's got like a he's kind of uh a dark past and then kind of overcomes it a little bit but um just very very good at exuding emotion i would say um and twisting his face up which are two really good things to have for the riddler i think yeah that's good and he doesn't have to have played the same character before oh, yeah. to be good at. i was just curious i didn't want to put you on the spot there but seeing if there was anything he'd done similar in that realm to riddlerish but yeah it's I, I can't be excited because i don't know dano but everyone else saying good things about him makes me excited for it yeah what do you think about the idea of having the riddler in this film yeah i'm curious you know we've heard rumors that reeves wants lots of villains you know lots and uh, lots of them and i'm all for that and i want to see a, another movie riddler as well so i'm excited for that I mean, if you're gonna have batman you might as well really get a lot of these characters and i hope they there is a lot of villains and i'm sure reeves will balance them well i'm gonna make yeah. a bold prediction and say that he is not gonna wear a lime green jumpsuit covered in question marks but that's that's just my bold prediction that's interesting i wonder <laughs> how Reeves, you know it's kind of a bigger question how reeves is going to go with this is he going to take the more really grounded nolan type of approach to batman or is he going to you know go back to those comic book roots and have you know not shy away totally from all the fantastical elements that 
are part of Batman. I think yeah. they're I think you can do serious dramatic stuff while also enjoying the the comic book looks and designs and, and stories and that kind of thing. So I hope I hope Reeves finds a nice balance there. Yeah, and I think if uh, if anybody can do it, it's Matt Reeves. A little footnote footnote in the Deadline article about Kravitz. It mentioned that Mattson Tomlin would be co-writing the screenplay with director Matt Reeves. Tomlin then confirmed this on Twitter. And if you're saying who is Mattson Tomlin, that's a fair question to ask. He doesn't have any real credits, from what I can see. He had, you know, if you check his IMDb, he's written directed several shorts, including one on Solomon Grundy. But I don't think that's the DC version of Solomon Grundy. It's just a fun little fact. But he did have two scripts that appeared on the 2017 Blacklist, which comes out each year for best screenplays not produced. So he's written some screenplays before. I'm guessing Matt Reeves read one or two of those, was impressed, and talked to him about Batman, see how they could could work it out. But it sounds like they had been co-writing it together. It's interesting. Yeah, unsurprisingly, not someone I'm familiar with. Um, but uh, like you said, I was kind of wondering how Matt Reeves had heard of him. But uh, maybe you're right. Maybe he saw those those blacklist scripts and decided that this was somebody he should just have a conversation with. And obviously they clicked in some way and that's, that's cool. Yeah. And I think one of those scripts was purchased and is supposed to be made into a movie. And um, he, he very well could have done other work rewrites and uncredited type stuff that we just don't know about. Um, So it it sounds like he does have some writing experience and must've clicked with Reeves. All right. Moving on to TV news. Uh, HBO max is developing a series based on a former vertigo title uh, DMZ. So this is according to deadline article. Uh, if you have unfamiliar, DMZ is set in Manhattan, and it centers around a second American Civil War in modern day. Uh, so that's a, an interesting premise to go with. Uh, and the comic was created by Brian Wood and Ricardo Perkelly, and it ran 72 issues from 2005 to 2012. I read the first arc of this a few years back. I don't remember exactly the specific specifics or anything like that. Um, I think it was pretty good. And yeah, it's it's definitely strange to see manhattan but in the middle of a war zone which is basically what this is all about yeah dmz was actually in development development at sci-fi back in 2014 but it, it didn't end up going anywhere but now it's coming back yeah this looks like an entirely new project i think david Heyman, who's known for producing harry potter films was attached at that time as a producer but it, I, it sounds like it's a completely new thing here uh, but Ava, Ava DuVernay, who is directing New Gods, is actually set to direct the pilot of this. So kind of following in the tradition of lots of TV shows, you bring in a, a big heavy hitter of a director to direct the pilot. But that's a that's a pretty good name to get for that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Roberto Patino, who worked on Sons of Anarchy, is going to write the pilot and executive produce and serve as showrunner. And then the pilot is expected to begin production in early 2020. Yeah, so the first real DC-related property that we've heard of for HBO Max for being an HBO Max original. Um, so that's exciting. We also got some DC Universe-related updates from New York Comic Con. The Harley Quinn animated series has an official release date, and that's going to be Friday, November 29th. They also announced the change, so DC animated original movies will now be available 90 days after physical release. They had been doing same day, and I don't, you know, it'd be nice to have them same day. I think it's very fair for them to hold off 90 days. That had to have plummeted sales. I'm guessing for for these animated original movies. So that'll start with Wonder Woman Bloodlines, which is out now physically, but it'll be a while before it joins DC Universe. Yeah, it was it was always a little interesting that you could get it the same day because it it seemed like kind of not stealing money from themselves, but it just seemed like they could uh, it could hurt uh, the bottom line a little bit. But yeah, this this makes sense, and it's not it's not too bad if you have a, a DC Universe subscription. Then in a little bit you're going to have all of those movies in your library and you're going to get to watch them eventually, which is cool. Yeah, I think that's fair. And my guess is they looked at it, gathered the data and said, well, 
this is hurting our sales of the Blu-rays and 4Ks more than it's helping the right. signups for DC Universe. So that's just how they have to look at it from a business perspective. They also announced DCU Unscripted, so fans can pitch a non-scripted streaming series. And I don't know, there's different rewards, and one of them is supposed to go to pilot, and, and you know, there's you can be a producer and get some money and things like that if it gets picked up. Uh, you can check out the details in that if you are interested, but it's a non-scripted series, so something like reality TV or going around and whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I took a brief look at it. It's a really interesting concept, and it, it seems pretty broad. Like they suggested a game show, a reality show, like you said, some sort of like uh, just going through a list of characters, like uh, talking about your favorite things. Even I think they mentioned food or something too. So I, it looks like they're they're looking for just about anything, and that's a cool way to to get somebody involved that doesn't have another or hasn't gotten involved in another way. Yeah, it could be a sign too of some lower budget. Oh yeah, lower budgeted type. DC-related shows coming to DC Universe in the future, maybe. Uh, something I'm really excited about, they announced a new anthology show for DC Universe, Bizarro TV. I don't know if it's actually going to have anything to do with the character Bizarro, or if they're just taking that name because it's cool. But it, it, it quote, will feature characters from the more obscure corners of the DC Universe. The mixed media series arrives on DC Universe in 2020 and is produced by Blue Ribbon Content, Warner Brothers Television Group's digital production unit. Expect a wide range of experimental styles and a mix of live action and animation featuring deep cuts from the DC Universe, including characters like Space Cabby, Ambush Bug, Slam Bradley, and The Creeper. This this sounds amazing already because I don't know who any of those characters are without looking it up. So that's oh a gosh. that's a <laughs> uh, yeah. This is really cool, and this is this is exactly the kind of thing that um, I think is perfect to put on DC Universe. Like obviously, this service is very self-selective for people who really like DC stuff. They're willing to pay. A monthly or annual fee just to get more dc content so this is exactly right uh, the kind of content that i think they should be making slam bradley the star of detective comics before batman was even oh, introduced okay. in, in detective <laughs> comics number 27 how dare you um no i think this is really cool i've been wanting for a while dc to have something you know like batman the brave and the bold was in animation or justice league action where you can have this highlight some of the really more obscure characters that quite frankly might not deserve a movie or a television series, but you can still adapt them into live action or animation and potentially show off a bunch of different characters in a short amount of time. You know, give one episode for Slam Bradley and Ambush Bug and uh, Space Cabby. I think it's cool to highlight all of these weirder and, like it says, more obscure characters. I, I really like this idea. Yeah, and it's also a really great way to, like, um, the people who are creating this stuff, if they have big outlandish story ideas that if you tried to pitch like as an actual Superman story or a, a Batman story, you would probably say, well, you can't do that with this character. Like too many people know this and this would just be way out there. You can take that story and adapt it to a character that frankly nobody cares about because they haven't heard of. So uh, it's, a, it's a good creative outlet to tell really, really unique, interesting stories, I think. Yeah, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of fans actually of Ambush Bug and, yeah. and characters like that. So it is cool to see, you know, there might not be a ton of fans, but it is cool like they might get a chance to see their character highlighted in a weird way. I I just think this is a really cool idea. I have no idea how it'll turn out with, you know, some of it being live action, some of it being animation. If Space Cabby if they just do him animation, but Slam Bradley since it's more of a detective character, will they keep they can do that in live action for a reasonable budget? I don't know, but I think it's cool to see what it could be. Yeah, and anthology show it probably means there's no like through line between all of these. It's just a, a collection of unrelated stories, but under a, a under the umbrella of underused or unknown characters. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, next up, Wayne Brady has been cast as the villain Tyson Sykes, uh, Gravedigger, and Black Lightning, according to Entertainment Tonight. So it's going to be a recurring role, um, and the character's first going to appear in 2020. Um, and if you're unfamiliar, Gravedigger is a, a World War II super soldier. Um, but yeah, this is this is really good news. I, I like Wayne Brady. He's fun. Um, I like the things he, I've seen him in. Primarily know him from Whose Line Is It Anyways, but he's he's also done some dramatic acting in other shows and done pretty well in that. Yeah, absolutely. I really like Wayne Brady too. And Gravedigger is this cool kind of World War II super soldier type character. So knowing Wayne Brady again for comedy, getting to see him play a villain, that could be really fun. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he does, how he fits in. Like you said, I've, I've seen him in Whose Line Is It Anyway. I know him from How I Met Your Mother also. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see him join the show. Other casting we have for Batwoman, uh, TV line as reported Gabriel Mann from Revenge, has been cast as Thomas Tommy Elliott, a childhood friend of Kate's AWOL cousin Bruce Wayne, who grew up to become a real estate mogul, boasting easy charm and a friendly smile. Yeah, I am unfamiliar with this this actor, um, but this is a, an interesting character to bring in. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Elliott was on Gotham briefly, but this will be the another live-action version. Uh, Rachel Matthews from Happy Death Day has been cast as Magpie, an extremely intelligent and deaf thief who, as her codename suggests, is drawn to shiny things and thus has a penchant for pickpocketing the rich. Yeah, this sounds like a, a fun character. Again, not familiar with the, the actress, uh, but that does, certainly doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Magpie a, originally in a showed up in a Superman in the Man of Steel, which was the, the Superman origin post-crisis, and it was a team-up with Batman, and Magpie was the villain there. Kind of a, a weird but cool character, like is described there, drawn to shiny thing and pickpocketing in the room. Uh, according to Deadline, Sebastian Roche will have a recurring role as Dr. Campbell, one of Gotham's most well-respected plastic surgeons and philanthropists. And the Hollywood Reporter reported that Rachel Maddow from MSNBC has been cast as a radio personality, Vesper Fairchild. And there's currently no plans for an on-screen appearance, but she'll kind of have a recurring role. You'll hear her voice through the through Batwoman. If you've already seen the pilot of Batwoman, um, she you can be heard starting that. Yeah, I didn't look into this, but I'm assuming like she's on the air every day at MSNBC, and I'm assuming that their studio is somewhere other than where Batman Batwoman films. And so, I don't think it would be very unlikely to like see her in a scene together. If you ever saw her, it would probably be just her filmed alone, and they would have gone out and filmed her wherever she stays most of the time. Yeah, um, I'm sure she probably get stays off at some point. I yeah. don't know. I don't. I don't follow her, uh, her that closely. But yeah, she can easily be recorded from wherever and and have that sent over. Yeah, that's always cool. I always like it when they can bring in like actual recognizable uh, news media to do something. In a, like I always love in the movies when you see actual like CNN or news stations like reporting on some crazy world-ending thing that's happening in the Superman movie. That's always cool to see. Uh, next up, we got a teaser trailer for Deathstroke, the animated web series that's coming to uh, CW Seed. You can check that out on YouTube. Um, it's, I wouldn't really call it a trailer. It's more like they took a scene and you get to see that. The, but uh, still, the first look that we got to see at it. Uh, what do you think of this, Tom? Oh, it's very bloody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> not shocking for the Deathstroke scene, but first thing we see is just blood all over Deathstroke. And then he he goes and spills more blood, which is, is true to the Deathstroke character. So... I don't know what the whole web series will be about. I'm guessing it'll be Deathstroke slicing some people up uh, and maybe collecting some money, which makes sense. So, um, yeah, this doesn't really fit into anything, which I kind of wish it did um, yeah. fit into either the Arrowverse or something else. And But 
uh, I think it'll, I think Deathstroke fans will be excited for it. Yeah, we're starting to get a ton of different versions of Deathstroke, uh, kind of like we've gotten with some other characters. But um, yeah, that, I don't know if this super enticed me to watch this show. I'll still watch it because it's going to be short, like everything else on CWC does. It it might just end up being if it follows the pattern that these other shows have been. It's kind of like one movie that they split up into. 10 or 15 minute long episodes um and the the bloodiness kind of reminds me of the constantine one that they did uh, a while back um but yeah this i mean it looks somewhat interesting i'll still watch it yeah so now we've got some crisis on infinite earths news to catch up on for the cw's crossover uh including the first look at brandon routh in a new superman costume inspired by the kingdom come comic uh thoughts on this i mean this looks amazing hey brandon <laughs> Obviously, he we already know that he makes a good-looking Superman because he got cast to play Superman in a big-budget film. Um, but yeah, this this costume looks really, really cool. I love the symbol. I love the red trunks. Um, we get two different looks at it, but his hair looks cool. He's got a little grizzled. He's got the gray in the hair and everything and the little curl. Um, but yeah, this just looks really, really good. Yeah, I will say, and this applies to all these other costume reveals we have there, I think the CW has... The last year plus have been very impressive for mm-hmm. new costumes. I think it's been the strongest by far. Uh, and that goes for this one and all of those. And this Brandon Rouse Superman one might be might be the best one they've done. Uh, it looks very good, very accurate to the comic with a couple minor details, except for like the, the S-Shield looks raised, which is slightly different from the comic, but very accurate overall. Uh, Ralph looks good. He looks in good shape. I like the material. I like the colors. They look like I like the cape. Um, I think it all looks really great here and see Routh aged up a little bit looks cool I mean I think it it looks really good overall we also got our first look at Audrey Marie Anderson as Harbinger from comicbook.com again uh all these first looks they they have like the same uh background I think they reused the background for crisis but just moved it around a little bit um but that's not what we're here to talk about that the costume looks really cool yeah she, she looks great this one's a little bit different from the comic um which would which is a costume that would be harder to adapt but yeah, they're they're actually going there. Uh, Anderson has been Lila Michaels and used the code name Harbinger for Argus since Arrow season one. Uh, and Harbinger is a character that was really created just for Crisis on Infinite. She appeared before that, kind of in the lead up to it, working with the Monitor. So I think it's really cool that they're actually going there, and she will get to play Harbinger. I don't know if this is the Earth One Lila Michaels. I kind of hope it is, just because we know her, and it would be cool if she had been working for Argus as a way to collect information all these years for the monitor and not, not known that. And she just has that or however it works and the monitor just gives her powers or however they handle that. I don't know. I don't care, but I think it's cool to see like a very important character just for crisis be involved. Yeah. And it's just exciting. All of, all of these little things just adding up to show that, uh, it seems like crisis is really going to try to tie together just about as much of this Arrowverse and, and DC TV, um, universe as they can together and tell a really big story that brings in everything from all the seasons and uh this is just another hint at just how expansive they're trying to be which is really cool we also got our first official look at as at tom sorry at tom kavanaugh as pariah from ksi tv again like like you said cw is really doing a really good job with these costumes this one is definitely not an exception it it looks really good yeah uh i agree there he looks good I, i don't know if this is going to be another earth wells who goes by pariah but again, Pariah, another character, basically whose most important thing is 
being involved in crisis on infinite or is a crisis specific character uh and they're they're going there they're doing it and that is it looks good he looks good as pariah and then last up we also got a first look at lamonica garrett as anti-monitor um this one is maybe the most impressive looking one just especially because of like the energy arc things going on his arm obviously that looks really cool still i don't know what that's going to be if that's cgi or if that's like practical lit up fiber optics something but um that'll be really cool to see in action to see how they're how they do that but uh that's definitely my favorite part of this costume yeah i think he looks really uh really good as well i i don't really have any complaints again this one's a little bit different as well uh the the anti-monitor's costume would be difficult to adapt but i think it looks really good they go with the age look i'm still hoping he gets this kind of helmety metallic-y type yeah face design at some point uh but it looks cool Lamonica Garrett, we've seen him as the monitor, and he looks pretty cool there. Now he gets to be the anti-monitor as well, and he looks cool as well. But, man, uh, big time, you know, one of the biggest villains in DC history. One of the, I mean, especially by death count. It's tough to count any really higher than him. So uh, pretty cool to see this character in live action. It's crazy. Speaking of that, another character, Stephen Lobo, has been cast as Jim Corgan, the Spectre. For Crisis, uh, another big, big heavy hitter in DC over the years and had an important role in Crisis as well. Lobo is known for Supernatural. Really confusing for some that Stephen Lobo has been cast as Jim Corrigan when Emmett Scanlon, who played Lobo on Krypton, also played Jim Corrigan, pre-Spectre Jim Corrigan on Constantine. Uh, Does that make sense to you? I was hoping Scanlon would play him if he got to appear on the show, but for whatever reason there... They're going a different way. Um, but yeah, Spectre is getting at it. This is Spectre and Anti-Monitor. These are some of the most powerful beings in the DC universe. So it's crazy to think that they are, you know, the, the CW's Arrowverse has been mostly grounded. I mean, the Flash is powerful. The Kryptonians are powerful. But outside of them, there's been very few big heavy hitters in the DC universe. And now they're getting at it for Crisis. Yeah, these are like you said, some of the most powerful characters that we've ever seen on TV or ever even seen in the movies. Like these are some of the most powerful characters that have ever appeared in the comics. So, um, and we'll get our, our first live action look at both of them. But yeah, this is a little confusing, like you said, with the two different Lobo things, but that's just, that's a fun piece of trivia that will probably come up in the years to, to follow. Yeah. So exciting things for Crisis as we get a little bit closer there. All right. That's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening and we'll be back soon.